This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Hi friends, and welcome to this week's Serial Killer Sunday. I'm trying out the whole um, using your iPhone's headphones as a way to record and like make it sound better. Um, and we'll see how this goes, right? <laughs> so I've been trying to like listen to like clips while I'm doing it, and I can't really tell if it sounds better or not. So I'm just gonna do this whole um, Serial Killer Sunday like this and hopefully we'll see whether or not this is good or this is trash or whatever so if it's trash i'm sorry and if it's good then like awesome i'm gonna do this every time <laughs> um just so you know there will be a patron exclusive episode coming out on monday monday i don't know why i said monday that's not the right time wednesday the first um i just finished re finished researching it it's pretty interesting and kind of weird um so I'm excited about that I'm excited to get back into the swing of things look all I needed was a, a global pandemic to get like back into the swing of things right <laughs> so um we're here today welcome back um it is Sunday or at least it should be and today we're going to be talking about um Haddon Clark I'm assuming it's Haddon it doesn't feel like Hayden you know, we'll go with it. Um, so here's the deal though. If you want to listen to a really well done, like longer podcast, I know for a fact this serial killer was featured on a two part series from last podcast on the left, which was called Haddon Clark part one, mommy's basement bakery and Haddon Clark part two women's panties. Um, so if you want to listen to a full in-depth type thing, I highly recommend listening to last podcast on the left. I have not listened to this specific like two set episode, but I have listened to last podcast on the left and they are hilarious. So like, I, you know, if you want like a more in-depth type thing, go for it. Um, this will be a serial killer short, serial killer short crime whatever this is, um, it's going to be a nice briefer type of overview. I'm not going to go into too many details. Um, so if you want to listen to, if you are like, wow, that's kind of fascinating. And you want to listen to like a way deeper involved podcast, last podcast on the left. Um, so Mr. Hedden Clark was born in Troy, New York, um, which is unironically very close to the cities of Albany and Shined. I still can't say it. I couldn't say it the first time and I still can't say it now. Shenectady, I Every time I say that, all I can think of is the Always Sunny episode of Shedynasty or Shady Nasty. You know, if you know, you know. Um, so it's the same city that serial killer Mary Beth Tinning was from. I covered her in episode 13, Happy Birthday, You Suck. Um, that's the same town she was born in. So do with that information what you will. So Haddon was born on July 31st, 1952. He was the second of four children and had a really rough upbringing. Um, his parents, Haddon Clark Sr. and his wife, Flavia, were known alcoholics, and his mom would dress him up in girl clothing and drunkenly, drunkenly call him Kristen. His parents constantly fought. Um, Haddon often turned on animals, torturing and killing animals. Um, so he would go to the people who bullied him, kidnap their dogs or cats, and then torture those animals and kill them to get back at the people who bullied him in school. Um, apparently, though, 
Haddon Sr. was a chemist and the family lived in a really good neighborhood and were well off. So I'm sure that offered Haddon Jr. some protection because he never got in trouble for these things as a kid. Um, it also helped that the family moved around a lot. Uh, and it's mostly because Haddon Sr. frequently fought with his employers and so they had to move around so that he could keep jobs. Um, Haddon Jr., we're talking about Jr. now, um, served as a chef in the United States Navy up until he was discharged and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. He lived a pretty low-key life, never really being employed and staying homeless for like over the time he was homeless for a number of years. He was arrested several times for, quote, harmless things like hiding dead fish in a previous landlord's house and once he stole nine purses from a church choir all will dress like a woman do with that information like what you will they said it was harmless which i mean yeah if you're gonna get down to brass tacks hiding fish and stealing purses compared to what we're gonna get to is pretty you know harmless (laughs) all things considered um okay so, in 1986, Haddon's brother was the scary one. Like, up until then. So, before this time, so, I'm not trying to spoil any surprises, but Haddon does some bad shit in 1986. But up until then, um, Bradfield Clark, who was Haddon's um, older brother, he was two years older than him, he strangled a co-worker that he invited to his apartment to have dinner with on June of 1984. Um, he strangled her and then dismembered her body with a kitchen knife. People believed that he had made like a sexual advance towards her and she rejected him, so he killed her. He wrapped her body parts in garbage bags and kept them in his car. And at the time, Bradfield Clark was a computer software specialist living in south of San Francisco. He pled guilty after he was arrested to second-degree murder and received 18 to life in prison. So up until 1986... Haddon's brother was the scary one because he was a convicted murderer. You know, he mutilated this poor girl's body. Um, yeah, but until until now. So, in 1986, some shit goes down. Um, Haddon, at the time, was living with another brother in Silver Spring, Maryland. And on May 31st, 1986, Haddon was forced to move out. Just a tidbit of information. It'll be important later. Um, later that same year, Haddon's father killed himself. Um, why? Not entirely sure, but he did. He committed suicide. So in 1992, things go a little bit further south for Haddon Clark. So on October 19th, 1992, 23-year-old Harvard grad Laura Hoddling went to, uh, missing from her home in, in Bethesda, Maryland, which I have a true crime for Bethesda. Be ready for that. Um... So Haddon had been a gardener for her mother, and because of this background, suspicion fell on him. He was there at the house, so she might have come over, or they had they came in contact with another. That's how police were kind of hinted on Haddon, because he had been in the area, he knew her, he worked at her mom's house. Um, they found a bloody fingerprint on a pillowcase at the crime scene that led right to Haddon Clark. After several months of searching, police couldn't find Laura or her body. Haddon confessed, saying that he had suffocated her, even though her autopsy said that her throat had been slit. So they they found her eventually. And I can't remember if she if he led them to her, but she was found. Her throat had been cut. He said he had strangled her, but he did admit to killing her. Um, she was found in a grave not far from her home. But so... After Haddon's arrest, they 
kind of start looking into him as a person and what he've done, what he's done. So they find out that there was a sweet little girl. Um, her name was Michelle Dore. She was only six years old. She'd gone missing in 1986. And at that time, like I said, we were going to wrap around back. Haddon was still living with his brother in Silver Spring, just a few houses down from where the girl lived. Weirdly, Haddon, Haddon Clark had also ugh, actually been a suspect at the time, but police were more focused on Michelle's father, who, for some reason, had actually confessed to the crime but then took it back. I don't understand why he did that. I don't know what kind of pressuring there was there. But so, basically, focus was on Haddon, and then they were like, no, 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 maybe it was the dad... And then the dad confessed, they found out it wasn't him, and then they didn't know where Haddon was anymore. So they found Haddon, and they're connecting him now. This is the part where they're connecting the pieces. Um, Haddon eventually confessed to her murder, and police were able to find Michelle's blood in the floorboards of the house that he lived with his brother. So they went, they had like a police warrant. I don't know if their brother was still living there or not, but they had a police warrant to go back into the house that Haddon had lived in in 1986. And they did like a whole swab of the place. And they actually found Michelle's blood in the floorboards of that house. So, um, in 1999, uh, Haddon was convicted or he was convicted Yes. He was convicted right after they convicted him for um, Laura hodling her murder, and then in 1999 added 30 more years to his sentence um, for the Michelle Dore murder. And then in 2000, he finally led police to her grave. Um, while in jail, Haddon told people that he had possibly killed over a dozen people. He wore a wig, bra, and women's panties on his murder excursion, saying that his female alter ego caused him to murder, earning, him, earning himself the nickname the Cross-Dressing Cannibal or the Rockville Rocket, which he got the nickname the Cross-Dressing Cannibal because there were rumors that he had drank Michelle Dore's blood. Um, I don't think those have actually been corroborated. I think that's just hearsay. Um, and if you, if this sounds familiar to you, it's because there was a Forensic Files episode about him that I know for certain, um, where the day he murdered Laura Hot, Hot, I don't know why I cannot say her name, Hotling, um, he left the house in a blonde wig and like a dress and people thought it was to like throw them off the fact, cause she was also blonde. Like he was dressed very similar to sh how she was dressed. So people thought maybe he was trying to throw police off the scent that, like, he had left the house, not her, trying to buy himself more time. I'm not entirely sure. Um, that's just what I read. So, okay, there you go. <laughs> that was that. That was the, uh, your true crime, not true crime Tuesday. Actually, so, forewarning, there will be no true crime Tuesday this week, uh, just because of the patron exclusive episode. I try really, really hard to take my off weeks in the line. So with when, um, patron exclusive episodes come out. So true crime Tuesday would be this Tuesday. Then there'd be a patron exclusive episode going up on Wednesday. And like, guys, that's too much pressure for little old me. There's not enough Prozac in the world to make me prepared for that. <laughs> so, um, this week's going to be my off week. Sorry in advance. Um, but I'm excited to have a good patron-exclusive episode for you guys. So, with that all being said, um, I hope your Sunday is delightful. If you're on quarantine, enjoy your nice day off tomorrow. I will be working because, once again, for some reason, I'm still considered essential. 
I don't ask questions. I just, I go with what it says. Um, and yeah, I hope you're all staying healthy and happy and you've got enough toilet paper and life and your lives are good and comfortable in quarantine. And I hope my little baby true crime podcast gives you guys a little bit of joy. And that's all I got. So happy Serial Killer Sunday and I'll, I'll see you guys Wednesday.